Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Optimize podcast. Our goal is to connect children's and family ministry leaders with innovative strategies, systems, and ideas to help you thrive in God's call on your life. I hope today's content is a blessing to you, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will divinely empower you to do mighty works in your church and community. Well, um, hopefully everyone at least has sound. Um, if you do want to use video, you're welcome to use video. Uh, but if you do not, that is fine. It's just as long as you can hear. And then for those of you who have just um, hopped on, make sure that you comment in the chat box your email address uh, because I will email out the PowerPoint that I'm using for the session tonight. I will make sure I get that out to you following the session so that you can share it with um, anyone within your church or maybe you know somebody else that it could benefit within children's ministry. But um, I'm just going to take a moment and just pray over us um, as we get started. So if you are somewhere where you can and pray, uh, just bow your head with me as I pray over us. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come together um, from all over uh, to to learn more about how we can uh, equip people within our churches, to equip ourselves, to be able to reach all families that walk into our churches within our children's ministries. God, we just thank you um, for designing and creating each of us unique because every person matters. And we just love you. We thank you for this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, my name is Casey Davis. Um, I live uh, in Trenton, Georgia. That is also where my husband and I are children's ministers. Um, And I have a degree in special education for elementary. So a lot of what I'm going to share from you um, does come from my education background. It kind of has helped me come up with ways that we can help Uh, special need families within our ministries um, because whether you already have a family within your church already, uh, if you don't, you will. You will eventually have a special needs family come and we want to just be able to reach out to them no matter what their situation is uh, because we want them to see Jesus through whatever we can present them. Um, So, I'm going to share a few ideas, Uh, and so the first thing will be understanding, understanding the behaviors, because every child is different, and we know that just from the children's within our kids' church. Every kid's different, and with every kid being different, we have to remember that that means that even the special needs can be different child to child. Um, We can't ever assume that this autistic kid and this other autistic kid deal with the same things because every child deals with things differently. So understanding that and, and reminding ourselves as children's leaders that they're different, their needs are different, and how their needs are met will be different. Um, inappropriate behavior should be expected with special needs. Um, whether that's 
doing things that they shouldn't be doing during the service from, um, I'll never forget one of my first um, experiences was a little girl licking the bottom of her shoe. And she really enjoyed licking the bottom of her shoe. <laughs> um, so inappropriate behavior will happen at some point. And so we have to expect that. But we also have to know where to steer that behavior. So um, acceptable behavior must be taught. They're not necessarily going to catch on. Um, They're not going to look over at the other kids that aren't licking their shoe and just assume, well, they're not licking their shoe, so I shouldn't. Because for them, a lot of it is um, sensory and texture. And so that child may truly receive some type of enjoyment from what to us is inappropriate. Um, So we have to teach that to them. Um, And we have to be consistent with the teaching techniques that we use. Um, It says they often learn different, therefore they must be taught different. Um, Because they learn in different ways, we as the children's leaders, we're going to have to teach in different ways. And finding the ways that we can teach, you just have to be creative. And know that there's no right way and there's no wrong way. And um, when you see a need within a, within your children's ministry and how to teach that, um, it's going to be different. And just think outside the box. And as long as you have that child's best interests at heart, um, then they're going to benefit from it because they're going to know you care enough about them. Um, negative behavior usually results when a person cannot communicate well. So um, I'll use my son as an example. He's now four, but he was very late um, on his early development of communication. So he was still two, um, almost three, and still wasn't talking well. So a lot of times special needs children will act out in a negative behavior simply because they do not know how to communicate what they're feeling to us. So when that negative negative behavior is shown, um, it is mostly, most of the time, that truth, that there's something that's either bothering them, um, maybe they need to use the restroom, um, but they can't communicate that to us. It can be as simple as... um, They didn't want to sit where they're sitting. And that behavior becomes such a over-exaggeration because they don't know how to express that they don't want to sit right there. Um, So knowing and realizing that, that a lot of times their behavior is just simply because they can't communicate, that's going to help you, help me as the leader know that it's not just because they're a quote, bad kid. It's because they can't get the communication across to you um, on how they're feeling. So that's just for us to understand that they learn differently. And a lot of times the negative behavior is because they simply can't communicate to us what they're feeling. So how do we prevent those negative behaviors? Okay. So the best way to manage negative behavior is to prevent it from occurring. And so we have to 
do a few things. And so I'm going to share with you just a few things. Do not feel like you have to write all this down, okay? I'm going to share the PowerPoint with you. But some ways that I have found on how to prevent those negative behaviors. So you can set standards for what's acceptable behavior. So instead of focusing on what they're not to do, focus on what they should do, okay? And you model that behavior. So whatever behavior you're expecting within your children's church, not only do we talk about that and we share it, but we should be modeling it. And you will know, all of you know of um, children, students within your mind right now that model the behavior you expect. They're maybe they're leaders within your ministry. Um, you already kind of have an idea of those kids. Utilize them. Use them as examples. Praise their behavior. Praise their good behavior instead of focusing on that negative behavior. Um, so modeling it. <clears throat> and then we call those um, leader, the students that are leaders within those ministries, those are like peer helpers because they're still students, but they're students who know how to behave and who set great examples. So use them. Let them help model. Um, inform, inform the special needs child of the schedule. So as soon as I know that we have a family uh, that's new to our church who has a special needs child, first thing that I do is I share our schedule with them. Because most, and, and this goes for like all special needs children, most all of them, um, they shine when they know the schedule. Um, they, they can get frustrated. They can get aggravated whenever that schedule is inconsistent. Now, a lot of kids, it won't, it won't bother. But for the most part, a good bit of them love and shine when they know what to expect. So the very first thing we always do when we have those new families who may have a special needs child, we share with them what to expect within our service. And that also gives peace of mind to those parents um, because they know that if at any time, if they come at, you know, 20 minutes after service begins, then they know that we are probably in worship time. Um, or if they are like, well, we're going to need to leave early, then they know 20 minutes before service ends. We are in small group time, but it helps that special needs child um, understand what's coming next. Um, and then it also gives them a time frame to say, OK, um, you know, Pastor Matthew is he's just spoke for 10 minutes. So here in a minute, I'm going to get a bathroom break or here in a minute. I can go outside and get some water. It lets them know their mind is focusing more on schedule and less on worry and anxiety to build that negative behavior. Because that's that's what we're trying to do is to prevent the negative behavior. So um, <clears throat> informing them of that service schedule uh, for one of our current kids that we have, we have to make a visible schedule. So that might be something that you can do within your children's ministry is to create a graphic schedule. So say, you know, worship's the first thing you do. You can print off a picture of maybe some kids worshiping and have a number one on it. And that student knows that first we are doing worship. And so they don't have to be able to read to understand your schedule. 
that gives them a visual. And if they ever get frustrated or if they ever are ready for the next thing, the next thing, you can bring them to your schedule and you can say, well, look here now, and this is where we are. We're at number two, which is bathroom break. And you can have a picture of a bathroom. Now, next will be game time, you know, and that just helps them, helps them keep track of schedule. Um, Make sure um, that this special needs child has a way to communicate to you. Um, We do allow uh, some of these students to have tablets. Um, We allow some of them to bring, some of them already have their own tablet, their own cell phone. Now, this is not to text on, like games on, but this is a form and a means that they can communicate to us as the leader, and they're able to also learn the Bible story from that. Um, because you will have students eventually who may not can verbally speak to you. Um, I know Abby shared that uh, her niece still speaks Chinese. So maybe they can speak, but their language is even different. Um, Some of you have uh, Latin American within your ministry, and so they might not speak English well. So this doesn't only have to focus for, excuse me, it doesn't only have to focus on a special need for that, um, it could be a language barrier as well. And so having a source, having that resource of a tablet um, within your children's ministry will help tremendously because you can show them a Bible story in their native language, whatever that might be, or if they can't communicate verbally at all, that gives them a way to still communicate with you and you can communicate with them. Um, with the service schedule, it is very important to try your very best as a leader to stay on a routine, to stay on a consistent routine. Of course, there are going to be some Sundays that service goes longer, service goes shorter. We're not going to do three songs a day. We're only going to do two songs. It happens. Um, but for the most part, try to keep your Sunday to Sunday routines as much as you can on a schedule uh, because it's very crucial for our special kids our special kids um it just brings them reassurance brings them comfort and it brings them confident and we want them to be confident in our children's ministry um ways you can manage and help them manage their misbehavior is the number one thing um is to remain calm um, and try your best to use that soft tone of voice, um, which can be hard sometimes when maybe they've pressed our buttons here and there. But getting on their level, seeing them eye to eye, keeping ourselves calm and trying to use a soft tone of voice, it will go a long way. Um, ignore the behavior that is not desired. Try to ignore it while praising the good behavior. So we want to shine the good behavior and try to ignore the misbehavior uh, because that helps redirect them to the good behavior. Um, If you see this child um, doing something that they shouldn't be within your service, direct them to what they should be doing. Or maybe they're getting aggravated at a station during game time 
and they need they need some time to calm down, direct them to another area. So it's keeping them always moving to that next thing. Uh, if you see something's not working, move them to the next thing. Um, tell the person what they may do, not just what they may not do, also helps. Um, so instead of just saying that you can't do that, remember, you can't do that. I told you, you can't do that. Instead, say, you know, hey, you know, you, what you can do, you can go over here if you would like to. Um, or instead, would you like to look at the Bible story today? Um, just always, it's just a, a way to kind of trick them um, by being the positive on that. Okay. Uh, don't take it personal when these children misbehave while they're with you. Um, maybe you're the leader that day and they just did not have a great day. Do not take it personal. Um, and if we're honest with ourselves, we all have kind of bad days and good days. And so do they. Um, so don't take that personal. Avoid showdowns. We do not want to ex make any of their um, frustrated moment exaggerated. We don't want to contribute to it um, because then it's going to result in a total meltdown. And you're going to lose the whole concentration of your service. So try your best and help encourage the leaders, help encourage your, your student leaders within your children's church, help encourage them to keep the, the negative behavior, to, to try and ignore it, and to lift up the behavior that you're expecting. Um, and redirect them. If you need to, redirect them to something else. Um, so how do I redirect? How do I manage this within my children's church service? How do I maintain order when I'm trying to lead a kid's church service? So here's some things you can do to help do that. <clears throat> Keep the structure and consistency like I mentioned already, okay? Your expectations for your kids should be understandable and they should also be achievable, we can't set standards and we can't set expectations on these kids that are too high that they're never going to reach them. Now, they should be encouraged to, you know, to reach, to reach up there to be great, but we can't expect so much out of them that they'll never achieve it. Okay. Um, stick to your routine, but make sure your expectations are understandable to them. So, it needs to be understandable to a fifth grader, but it also needs to be understandable to a five-year-old. Those, those expectations may be different, but they still need to be understood from a fifth grade level to a five-year-old. So whatever your rules are within your children's ministry, because we all have something that may be different. Um, I'm okay. As long as I'm locked in. Uh, about 30 minutes. So just lock me in. I appreciate it. Sorry, we have um, a Celebrate Recovery program on Thursday night, so they're just checking in with me. Um, but as long as you stick to your routine, but our, all of our rules may be different. You know, like some churches have the be quiet, keep your hands to yourself, um, remember when, when I'm speaking, nobody's speaking, those kind of things. Um, make sure that that's understandable, that we don't just have rules to have rules. 
but that your rules, your guidelines within your children's ministry, that they mean something and that they're understandable. Um, for that child, they may be understandable to us as the adult, but are they understandable to all children? Okay. Um, give simple and clear instructions within your children's ministry service. Um, when you say something, you have to mean it. You can't just say it. Um, and that's a hard one because I think a lot of times in children's ministry, we get used to saying things that we forget that there are children who take what we say and it's true. Um, and so whatever you say, mean what you say. Um, and not only say instructions, but model the instruction because some children are not going to accept what you say um, it's just they're not going to get it. They're, they're hands-on. So whenever you are demonstrating something or explaining something, giving instruction, demonstrate that. Have another child within your children's ministry demonstrate what you're expecting them to do because that's going to help our little special needs children not only to hear it, but they're seeing it and they know exactly what you want them to do. Um, enforce your rules and limits consistently. Um, make sure if you have different leaders every week um, and maybe you have different teachers every week or every other week, make sure the rules that you set are the rules that they set. Um, we don't need to have different rules per different leader. That can cause confusion, especially to our special children. Um, so make sure the rules that are set for your children's ministry flow throughout. Um, and make sure they're just simple because, I mean, kids just need simple. Um, pick your battles carefully, okay? During these times um, when we're trying to maintain the service, just pick your battles. Um, we have one, one uh, particular kid um, within our age five to fifth grade class that just can't sit still. Um, and it's not a kid that could. This kid just can't. Um, and so it's part of his special, unique characteristic. And so it was hard at first to realize that he honestly just could not sit still. So if anybody that doesn't come upstairs on a Sunday, if they were to visit us, they would see a kid in the very back, like turning flips, turn upside down while we're still teaching, we're still doing worship, we're still doing game time. But we know that we're picking that battle because he, he honestly can't sit still the whole time. So we as the leaders and even our regular tender kids know that it's okay for him to sit in his special seat in the back and to get his wiggles out when he needs to. And so it's just knowing that and picking that battle. If it is a kid that, that could sit still, then obviously we would address that. But once you know your special need kids, and even when you know your kids within children's ministry in general, you know the battles that you can let go and you know how um, to address that. So um, don't just assume that every kid knows how to act in kids' church. Um, in any area of ministry within your church, we should never, as leaders, we should never assume that people know how to church. Uh, because the goal of the church is to reach the unchurched. So we should assume the opposite. We should assume that they don't know. 
um, how to how to be in church. So we have to remember that about kids. They don't know how to be in kids' church because they probably never experienced children's ministry. Um, their family may have never been in church before. So don't assume that they know and that they should know. Um, remember and remind them those basic, simple rules and expectations that you have for them and be consistent with them and they'll catch on. They'll catch on. Give them praise and encouragement as much as you can. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I love to, to hear encouraging words just as an adult. So these precious babies, they love to be encouraged. They love to be praised. And sometimes you might have to really pull to find that thing that you can give them praise about, but you can. There's always something that we can praise them about. Because that positive attention you're giving them is going to go a long way. Um, So praise the good more than discouraging the bad, because that's going to go further. Uh, Bible lessons. So here are some ideas for how you can uh, maintain that within your special needs audience. Um, Remember that bright and over the top is not always good um, because we use lights and we use all kinds of things in children's ministry because it's fun and it's exciting. But for some children, it's going to be too much and they're going to get overstimulated. Um, And too much lighting can cause them distractions, so much so that they will focus on that light the whole time you're talking and they'll never know what you're saying. So keep that into consideration. And that's based upon that child. That'll be based upon the child that you see. So not every every child, every special needs child deals with this. Um, So just learning your child, okay? But overstimulation causes misbehavior. So we want to try to um, prevent that. Have some accommodations in place for your special needs babies. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, there can be lesson on a video um, so that they can watch that on an iPad. They can use headphones if they need to. If they do not like loud noises, give them the headphones that will help mute um, the loud noises. And this can all be done in a designated area. If you do not want to draw attention to them, if you feel like uh, maybe you have a younger group of kids, if you feel like giving them that tablet, that's going to make all of the kids um, want the tablet, then have them a designated area. Have them a peer helper, another leader who can sit with them during that time that they have that. Um, Maybe they need to do something while you're speaking. So give them a coloring sheet where they can color the Bible story while you're telling the lesson for the day. Um, Maybe they just need something in their hands. So give them a fidget toy of some sort. Give them a a ball of Play-Doh that they can have, that they can be using while you're telling the story. Um, Use toys, use objects to retell the story. That's going to help catch their attention. Visual aids can work. But also, too much can take away um, because it can be difficult for these children to focus. Um, show videos, show um, use object lessons. All of that is wonderful because it's using more sources. Um, be hands-on. Um, I am pro all about using the five senses in our children's ministry, especially when we're sharing the Bible story. 
the more senses you use, you know, it's taste, touch, feel, all that, the more of that you bring into your Bible teaching, the more opportunity you're giving kids to catch the story you're sharing. And so like Easter, we have a rotation where they learn the Easter story through their senses. So they're going to feel a crown of thorns and they're going to see it. And maybe they, we did communion. So they tasted it. They tasted part of the story. Um, And this is just giving them an opportunity to learn so many opportunities, so many opportunities to learn that story instead of just sitting, teaching it or standing in a podium and teaching it. You're giving them those five senses. You're giving a lot of opportunity to catch on. Uh, Be considerate to noise and sound effects. Not all kids love sound effects. It can send them over the top. My son was one of those. Um, He did did not like loud noises. So just be considerate. Um, Worship time. When it gets time for worship, uh, keep it fun at the beginning, especially. um, And do more than just one fun song. And by fun song, I just mean upbeat. Okay. Uh, because by the second song, let's say you do one fun song and then a, a, a more serious worship song. By the second song, they just caught on to what you were doing. So all of that energy has come to the top. And then if our second song is more serious worship and we expect them to stand and pay better attention, then they're still going to be up here and have all that energy all of a sudden. So. We typically encourage two upbeat songs because that second song is going to give them the opportunity to get rid of all that energy so that on the third one, they're ready to go and be more serious. Um, Allow them to express their creativity during worship time. We have some spinners and you're, I'm I'm telling you, most people would think they were going to throw up because they spend so much. But that's just what they do. That's how they need to get their energy out. Um, And we let them. We let them. They know during those fun, upbeat songs that they can show their creativity. Because those special babies, they they need their special worship. And so it's going to look different, but encourage it. It's beautiful. When you see those children worship in their own way, it is a beautiful experience. Um, Worship is the greatest opportunity to allow them to dance, to jump, to shout. Um, Little people have big praise, and so we should encourage that because we're all created in God's image. We're all unique, and so is our worship. Um, Prayer time, uh, what we've learned is um, with some of these special babies is to assign them a prayer partner. Um, That can be a helper that's within your children's ministry, or it can be a a child in your special needs, uh, sorry, a child in your kid's church who is a great leader. Um, And that person is assigned to them to help lead them into that prayer time and to know when they're done. Because you do not want to just let that child, if your prayer service is taking, taking a long time, you don't want them just to be ripping and ripping in the prayer time. So having them a peer partner, having them that prayer partner, that's going to help them lead them in a prayer time and know when they're done to take them back. Um, Keep it structured. Keep it simple for them. Um, Remember their expectations. Share your expectations at prayer time with them. What do you expect them to do when they pray? 
share that with them, teach them, because not all kids know how to respond to prayer. Um, remind them every time what prayer is about. Uh, give them a place. So um, during that prayer time when they're done, where would you like them to go? Do you want them to just go back to their seat? Um, do you want them to go to their chair corner? Maybe you have that special place they can go after that. Uh, because it is important to make sure you have some little area for them um, that they know is just theirs to help release and contain that energy. Um, <clears throat> so ways to help keep their attention in your service, uh, use signals. Um, sometimes for some kids, snapping works. Uh, that's just so you don't have to say, hey, you, sit down. Don't be doing that. Snapping that student knows what you mean. Um, there are also catchphrases you can come up with and use like one, two, three, eyes on me. And like the whole kids church catch on to that and they have fun with it or hush. And like all the kids will go, shh. It's fun. It's just ways to get their attention back, bring them back in, reel them in, get their focus instead of just focusing on that one child. Okay. Um, Again, this has just been a tremendous help for us. Those peer partners, those volunteers, um, they help them. They're there to help these special babies. Um, remind them of a reward. Um, a lot of times we don't reward all of our children's ministry just because that's just not something that we really have programmed in ours. But with some of our special babies, we do have reward systems. Um, so whether it's getting a sticker at the end of service or maybe they love dinosaurs. So it's giving them that five minutes at the end of uh, towards the end of service to play with some dinosaurs that you have. Um, whatever it may be, find out what they love and use that. Use that to help encourage them to behave and do well within your children's ministry. Um, don't be afraid to allow special accessories for them. Whether it's stress balls, um, Velcro pieces, textured material, uh, little small toys that they can have in their hand, bean bags. Um, some kids even do better sitting on yoga balls. Um, don't be afraid for your children's ministry to look different for those. Um, we do have a kid that we allow to have bubble gum. Um, we don't allow that within our children's ministry typically. Uh, but we do allow some of our children to because it helps them focus and they know how to keep it in their mouth. Um, and it's just become something that we have allowed. Um, we have a kid that uses some fidget toys because that helps him focus. Um, so it's knowing your children and also, again, being consistent with what we expect of them. They know what we expect if they're going to use that gun. We know what that what they know what to expect when we say you may have that toy um, during the Bible time. <clears throat> Make sure you give frequent breaks. Um, don't just stand in front of them the whole time. Uh, don't you know have them seated the whole hour that you have them. Give some breaks. Uh, Keep your schedule moving. This can be the whole group as far as giving breaks, or if you see your whole children's ministry doesn't need to have breaks made within your schedule, 
just give that child some breaks. Um, assign them some breaks, let their peer helper know, and that peer help, helper will know at this time um, they need to go get water. And that'll give them some time to get up and sit back down um, and they don't get bored and then misbehave. Um, always over plan uh, with them. Don't ever have downtime, um, whether it's, you know, uh, which I'm fixing to go over, like a buddy box, and um, whether it's just having them things that they can do so that they don't get bored and misbehave. Over plan, over plan, over plan. Um, some discipline techniques for our special babies um, is like a cool down. That's what we use a lot. And that's just a special area designed for them. In our junior class currently, which is age three and four, we have a little corner that has a special chair um, and there's some special um, toys. And like one of those toys is like the squishy line. Um, and so we have a four-year-old currently who he knows, um, and he's been coming to our church for about eight months. And he knows whenever he's feeling overstimulated and a lot of energy that he can go to that chair at any time during class and pull out his favorite line or his favorite dinosaur and sit there and have some time to himself. And that's a discipline technique for us. And at first, that discipline looks like, okay, you need to go sit in your chair. Uh, you're not listening, go sit in your chair. And now it has become a Miss Casey, can I sit in my chair? Or now he'll just get up and go because it, it became a safe place. Discipline for them is a safe place. They just need to feel safe. Um, so it can be as simple as a chair in a corner with some special toys that they like or things that are going to help calm them down. Um it also is separating them from where all the magic and the action happens because most of the time they need time alone. They need that space. Um, so find whatever distracts them and maybe causes them the most frustration and make them a space away from that. It can be a bean bag. Um, doesn't have to be a chair. Use whatever you have and be creative. Um, and then another discipline technique is just taking away things they like. So um, like with this particular child I mentioned earlier with the chair in our junior class. So sometimes he knows that if he just continues to misbehave, that he doesn't get that playtime with his favorite line. Um, he doesn't get to have his special dinosaur. So we take those things away. Um, and so that just that lets him know. And a lot of times now I just have to say, do I have to take your special line away? And he's like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. And so it doesn't have to be anything that we, that we feel as a teacher is hardcore. It can be those simple things like that. Um, and then just some things to consider as I'm wrapping up. Um, some things to consider for special needs ministry is just discuss these things with your pastor. Because this should be a vision that is shared across the board. Um, we are a mobile uh, children's ministry within our church. And with that, I mean that um, like tonight is Thursday. So in our children's church, we have a Celebrate Recovery program that's taking place in there too. 
So I have to tear down things on Sunday. And then on Wednesdays, we have youth in there. And Thursdays, we have Silver Recovery in there. So everything has to be mobile. So therefore, I created a buddy box for our special needs kids. So it looks just like this, just a little tote. And you can write their name on top. So like my son is Titus. So Titus's name, you could write it on the top. And within your buddy box, you can put the things that that particular child enjoys. Uh, or maybe it's things for your peer leader to know about that child. So with Titus, my son, his would say does not do well with loud noises. So in his buddy box, he may have a set of headphones that that peer leader knows that they can put on their child. Um, maybe that child loves bubbles. And the leader knows that at any time when they're overstimulated and maybe they're misbehaving, they may need time away out in the hallway and just blow some bubbles. And that'll help relieve some stress. The squishies, <coughs> that is a great thing. And we even allow them to hold these during Bible time. Um, I have a kid that loves lights. And you can find a lot of really cool things at Dollar, at Dollar Tree um, that you can put in these. Uh, but if they like lights, so we've got like little lights that they can use to help get them focused back in. If they're textured, you can put some things in there that they can hold and they can fill up. Um, but they're buddy boxes, and you can have that box based on that particular child. Um, and that way, no matter who's leading or when they come, everybody knows who it belongs to. And what's within it allows those leaders to know what that child needs and what that child likes. Um, so creating it within your church starts with your pastor, sharing that. Like for us, it started with me saying, Pastor, we have these children and how can we reach them? Um, we do not have a room that is designed just for special needs. What we do is we try our best to incorporate them into our children's ministry service and our junior class and then our nursery and our tots. So we do our best. Um, there has been maybe one or two kids that only spent half the time with us and then they go be with their parent the second half. But that has only happened twice in the almost five years that I have been a part of this church. Um, so just knowing your church, knowing what you can offer, that guys, I'm going to tell you anything that you say you can offer these families, they're going to appreciate. They're going to appreciate it. Um, make sure that you keep in mind age appropriate. Um, for example, like we um, currently, we do not have any kids over 13 um, within our children's service, even like with special needs, only because we have to keep into consideration um, the other kids that are in our children's ministry. Um, and then you have to think about the severity of these needs. Like, What can you offer uh, within your church will look different for what we can offer and vice versa. So we, um, like with wheelchairs, you have to keep in mind, do you have wheelchair access? We do not have a wheelchair access upstairs in our older kids. So like with our wheelchair children, they remain downstairs and we have uh, classes that they can be involved in downstairs. Um, 
diaper changing. Like some of these kids can be 10, but still be in diapers. So you have to come up with outlines and structures on how you're going to deal with that. So for us, when we have these new families come in, we have cards that look like this. And it has where they can tell us the special things about their child. And um, that way we know right, right at the beginning what we can do to help them. And so if they say my child is in diapers um, and they're above the age of four, then we let them know that during that time we will uh, walkie, because we have walkies in our children's ministry, that's like walkie-talkies. Um, we walkie their number and that number goes on the screen in our sanctuary. And then that parent has a card with that number on it and they know that they're needed. And so we keep diaper changing for the older kids left to the parent. We do not change diapers. Um, now, if they're in diapers and they're in our uh, nursery up to two, our workers change them. And then in juniors, three and four, their parents are uh, messaged to come change them as well. So it's just things that you have to sit down and talk with your pastor about on what you can offer, because it's going to be different for everybody. We do not give medications um, to any of these special needs kids. We, we leave that up to the parent. Um, that's their responsibility. That helps keep us safe, helps keep our church safe. Um, you can develop, like I mentioned, you can develop a family questionnaire for families with special needs so that you can get to know their child. Um, find volunteers in your church that have a heart for special needs and use them. Um, we have three teachers in our church uh, who are special needs teachers. And so they don't serve every week, but they have let us know that if we ever have children that need that special attention, then we can utilize them. So send out a volunteer request and say, hey, we would love to have volunteers for um, special needs. Uh, create a place. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a classroom just for special needs. So for us, that place is buddy boxes. Okay. Um, mobile and be creative. Um, and remember, I just wrote down a few things. Remember, because you are showing a family uh, with special needs children, um, there through this, through creating some type of special needs program in your church, whether it's just like with us, buddy boxes, and knowing what we can offer, you are showing that family that your church cares for them, that they matter. Um, parents with special needs children, they just want to know you care. They want to know you're there with them, that you're there to partner and that you're there to love. Um, and you don't have to start big. Um, for us, it all started with a buddy box. We had one child and this would have been three years ago. We had one child that I created a buddy box for and I became his helper. Um, and we just clicked. And then through that, our special needs ministry, it, it has just blossomed. We have more people who have volunteered. We have more kids now that have needs within our church. Families who are just, who have started coming to our church because we reached out to them. Um, and so that's what's just wonderful about it. It doesn't have to be big. 
You're just showing the family that you care. You care enough to find something that can minister to them. So just start taking a step towards it. If you see that there is a need in your church, take a step of faith and be creative, jump out there, and you'll do great. Um, And then uh, I'm going to, with the email, I'm going to share some helpful websites on places that I get information from for children's ministry and for special needs. Um, Genesis Church, for any of you who go to Focus Conference, um, they're usually set up. Uh, they're from Tallahassee, Florida, and they are wonderful. Their church is geared, like their entire church is geared to special needs. Um, they do the Tim Tebow Foundation with the prom and stuff. And so it's just every year I go to Focus, I try to sit down and talk with them because their heart is special needs. So if you ever have questions, you can reach out to them through their church website. And it's genesischurch.tv. Genesischurch.tv is their website. Um, So that is it. Uh, We'll take a few minutes um, and open the floor for any questions. Hopefully I didn't talk too fast. I just wanted to make sure that I got all the information out. Hopefully gave you some ideas or maybe just simply encouraged you that if we can do it, you can do it too. Um, so if anybody has any questions that they would like to ask, you may do so now. Yes, Carol. Um, I'm telling you, for us, the buddy boxes have been wonderful. They've been wonderful. And even kids, um, when I say special needs, like this can be even as simple as like ADHD, uh, hyperactive, attention deficit. Um, it doesn't have to be severe. Um so those buddy boxes can be for them too. Um, and then uh, knowing, um, I know I do have a special needs background uh, because I majored in it, but you do not have to have a back, uh, you don't have to be a special ed teacher to do special needs ministry, okay? There are plenty of websites and places I can even help steer you in if you would love to learn more about um that ministry and even those particular children. Let's see, we got a message from Carol. Okay, Carol, so the the shaken baby, does that mean that she dealt like as a baby she was shaken and through that she has some um special needs? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um I have not dealt with it within children's ministry, but I taught and um, the four years I taught school I had a first grader the same way. Um, she was actually a twin, and the boy, no issues, uh, but the girl had been shaken as a baby. Um, it was a very sad situation. They were living with the grandmother. Um, so for her, and I don't know about your little girl, but I know for her, she had a weak side. A particular side was weak. Um, so for you, Carol, I would just encourage to find things that um, she enjoys. Um, if she does, she have any problems like with focusing or interacting within the children's ministry? Not really. Um, last night when we had a children's church, we have small groups like we break right, out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she's with the pre K, 
kindergarten and first grade. So I was in there for a little bit. And what they do is um, it's like a shake, shake, shake. They do like pick a leader and a caboose for the end of service. And she got to hold a teddy bear and she loved that. And she got to, she was staying focused and everything. She's really good staying focused. Um, Now, during praise and worship, I'm not for sure because I do media and everything, take pictures. But um, she does pretty good most of the time. She's coming more and more often. Okay. So really, it'll just be continuing to get to know her. Um, And, you know, if you see there's a particular area that she might struggle with, even if it's not misbehavior, because, you know, um, not every child uh, doesn't deal necessarily with misbehavior. They might just deal with later on communicating. Um, and as she grows, you may see other other things and other needs. Um, but yeah, you could even with her, you can get her a special box if you see that you know maybe she could do ha, focus a little bit better during worship or um, game time. Whatever that might be, you could do that for her. Um, But that's worked for us. And if anybody else has other things that you've done already in your church for special needs that's worked, share it with us. I know Genesis Church last year at Focus, they created sensory bottles um, with water, baby oil, and then they placed like bouncy balls and glitter and things like that in them. Um, and so you can do a lot of things through Pinterest. Love Pinterest. <laughs> so um, if you ever need like things to help keep them focused and not have to worry about the box, the sensory bottles are wonderful. And a lot of it's from recycled objects. So um, that's another thing that I love that I picked up from Genesis Church. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Optimize podcast today. Don't forget that you can connect with our Optimized Coaches live during our spring and fall coaching sessions. We offer these free of charge, so please visit us at OptimizeCoaching.org to register. That's OptimizeCoaching.org. May the Lord bless and keep you.